0: Hello, this is Eric Norvell, owner and co-founder of Peri Veritas Studios, a venture of Peri Veritas, LLC. I'm letting you know that Peri Veritas is publishing a series of podcasts in March and April of 2020. And I'm hoping that you, the listener, will tune in and engage with some of the new talent that Peri Veritas is bringing to you. For example, down to earth, our 13-year-old host, Willa, conducts interviews with an array of guests, adults, and adolescents about topics of passion ranging from things like television shows and Broadway musicals to worldwide issues of importance, including the one that we face today, the COVID-19 coronavirus crisis. We also will have Out of Office Quarantined with Robbie Hart, Robbie Hart, the other co-founder and owner of Peri Veritas, will be interviewing individuals across the country regarding their experience at this time of learning to work from home, learning to manage a workforce from home, the struggles that that engenders, and the global outlook for business and for regular life going forward. We also will be bringing to you Music is Life, with Joel Henry Stein, a singer-songwriter, producer, and composer. Joel sits down with contemporary musicians from all genres and walks of life to discuss life, balance, and well-being. His guests will discuss their successes, challenges, regrets, and hopes in the context of the hard-traveled road of creating and performing music. And then there's the show that you'll be listening to today, which is called Sunshine and Brain. The host of Sunshine and Brain is Josh Burroughs, former rabbi and raconteur extraordinaire. Sunshine and Brain brings conversations about mental health and inner turmoil into the light of everyday discussion. Josh is a seeker of truth in the absurd and the difficult and explores the dark and tragic and often hopeful and hilarious sides of personal struggle. Without further introduction here is Sunshine and Brain.
1: Hi and welcome to Sunshine and Brain podcast where we bring mental illness and conversations about inner turmoil to the water cooler, which is, of course, part of the Peri Veritas podcast network. And this is episode zero, which uh, clearly makes no sense whatsoever why we would have an episode zero. (laughs) It's like, I don't understand math. But the fact that this exists tells me that this can't possibly be episode zero. Unless, obviously, this doesn't really exist. In which case, uh, the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyway, so uh, this is a nice start. Um, look, at this is the episode where I want to take some time to explain what this podcast is all about. Um, sort of how it came to be, what the purpose is here, and uh, maybe some of my some of my personal <laughs> concerns about 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 this topic. Um, look, all right, so first thing is uh, this podcast came to me like a fucking blessing from heaven. Um, uh, obviously, if you don't know me yet. I'm not gonna get too deep into the story at this point, but long story short, a few weeks ago. Um, I was in uh, a pretty significant um, place of despair, Uh, relationship had ended. And uh, yeah, I was I was hurting, man. And definitely had uh, lost contact with uh, friends who are important to me and who connecting with have sort of always been helpful. And so I went through a period of starting to reach out to, you know, friends and important people in my life to connect with folks, my sisters and family etc and then also I reached out to Eric um, you know founder of uh, Perry Veritas um, good friend of mine who just had a chance to kind of hit it off with and get to know as both of our daughters my two daughters and his two daughters go to the same school with each other and uh, kind of our kind of do the same thing in terms of uh, both are, you know into musical theater and all that stuff so um, we just kind of find ourselves waiting for waiting for our kids a lot together. And that's how friendship happens when you're an adult and you have children, is that you kind of stare at another adult next to you who's waiting for a child and you go, hey, you you look interesting. What if I said something weird to you? How would you respond? And uh, Eric is one of those guys that uh, um, always responded with uh, the type of, um, you know, simpatico understanding to the particularly freaky way (laughs) that I view the world, that is automatically someone that I got along with. And so once a month or so, or when we could, uh, we would have lunch and, um, you know, kind of hang out for an hour or so during a work day and, uh, you know, came to be that we've got a lot of similar tastes in comedians and also podcasts. And both of us happen to be early adapters podcasts and, um, and, and, You know, so we've kind of talked about that for a while. And I think he maybe mentioned once or twice that he wanted to start a fucking podcast network. But who actually does what they say they're going to do, you know? I mean, come on. Uh, These are people we're talking about here. Almost never happens. So, uh, but yeah, I reached out to him and he's like, oh my God, well, you know, I actually started this podcasting network. And I'm like, holy fuck. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of podcasts that I'm putting together. You know, nothing uh, live at this point, but uh, a few episodes in the can, good quality stuff one podcast about music and I'm like, yeah, can I, can I, can I join in with you? I'd love to talk about music with somebody who can love music. And he was like, well, I'll do you one better. How about I give you a talent contract and you come up with your own ideas for a podcast? What in the fuck? You know, like, like it's two days after I, you know, broke up with this girl and I'm dying I'm in the middle of dying. And uh, Eric comes at me with uh, Hey, here's a dream. That you've never fulfilled, care to give it a shot? <laughs> Good lord! So I was like, "Yeah, uh, let's do it." Um, kind of thought about it for a little bit and came up with a few ideas. One of them being the other podcast Eric and I are doing together, which I am so excited about talking about jokes. Um, you know, whatever we just <laughs> if we decide to call it, uh, you'll know you'll know soon. You'll know soon. Um, but uh, and then a couple other ideas, but then this one was my passion project. Um, the name came to mean a second, you know, sunshine and brain just makes perfect sense in that what we're trying to do is, you know, literally bring conversations that are really actually quite taboo in the world um, to the water cooler, meaning, you know, bringing it to the most comfortable place to possibly talk about it where it feels like it's a completely normal thing because, yeah, ultimately all of us all of us go through some kind of inner turmoil and pretty much most of us will have some kind of uh, diagnosable mental illness at some point or another, regardless of whether or not we actually get it diagnosed. Um, so it's a uh, kind of one of those things. So yeah, along came Eric and presented this opportunity and, and jumping at it and let's see, uh, let's see where this goes. So uh, first and foremost, you know, what is this really about? You know, to me, the idea of, um, you know, I guess I'm going to say it so much that probably probably make me sick of myself. But we'll see how long this particular <laughs> description goes. Um, bringing the conversation with the water cooler, you know, is about uh, ultimately destigmatizing a thing that's um, pretty buried deep in stigma. I'm going to talk about a lot of my own uh, experience with depression and anxiety. We'll get to that in one minute. But uh, you know, I know a big part of that experience is the idea that you know, folks who suffer from these kind of things, often have to suffer in silence. You know, hopefully you find yourself a therapist and so you have a space where you could talk about it and hopefully have a few close friends that you could talk about it with, but you cannot talk about it in public, you know, or in workspaces or, you know, pretty much anywhere without being concerned, I think, about the response that might come as a result of that. So uh, what do we do? We keep it to ourselves, right? Um, We don't share it with people. We don't really talk about it outside of those handful of spaces. And then, you know, in locations or places in conversation where we might want to be able to bring it up, but we, we just can't, you know, we just, we just can't. So I'd like to try and change that, you know, and think about the kind of things we can talk about around a water cooler. I mean, Certainly, there's all those great conversations about sports and your sports team and what you got going on outside of work with your kids, with your parents, with your siblings, with your friends, plans for the weekend, things like that. But then also other conversations come up like, you know, God, I, I uh, hurt my knee playing playing soccer in this soccer league I've been a part of for a while and now I hurt my knee. And it sucks for a couple of reasons. It sucks because I can't fucking play soccer, which I love, but it also sucks because... You know, now now I got to figure out, do I need surgery? Do I need just rehab? Like, what do I do here? Do you need to just have someone go in with the syringe and suck a, buck of, a bunch of liquid out? And then, and then I don't know what, like, I don't really know a lot about knees, in case you haven't figured that out in the last 15 seconds. But the idea is you can talk about it in that space. It's a painful thing. You're in pain. You know, you're in emotional pain because you can't do something you like doing. You're in physical pain because fucking knee hurts. And you're in... Um, existential pain, I guess, because you gotta figure out how to organize surgery and you know what's the best approach and who knows what, right? And all the questions of will I ever be able to do this thing I love again, all this other stuff. And you could you could talk about it right there. And it's safe because it's just about your knee. For some reason, same kind of thing with mental illness, you can't you can't bring it up there. Which is weird, right? Because the brain is kind of like Sort of just a complicated, complicated knee, right? Yeah, I'm not a scientist, but this is what I'm saying. It's it's the knee connects two parts of your body. It connects the lower half and the upper half of your leg. That's how it works, doesn't it? And then the leg bends on it, so it, you know it's part of the walking process and running process and I guess skipping process too. Moseying, right? If you want to gander, you kind of need your knees. You want to you want to saunter. Yeah, knees are involved in sauntering. Well, the fucking brain connects everything. And it's an organ. <laughs> it could be out of balance just like any other fucking organ or body part. But we can't talk about it. In, a, in some weird ways, it doesn't make sense at all. at all. Just because we all go through it, you know. Live long enough, you're going to lose one of your parents, both of them. That's pretty hard. When you go through that, you're going to, you know, probably there's a good chance for a certain amount of time have diagnosable situational depression. You might not even get it diagnosed, but it doesn't mean it's not there. You know, you can't sleep. You feel lethargic. You just feel heavy. Everything just seems grayer. You know that weird in-between period where like it hasn't settled in that the person is gone, so you reach out to call them and then it's just like oh fuck. And then you break down crying for no <laughs> for no apparent reason. <clears throat> That's depression. You know. But we can't even really talk about that around the water cooler. You know, you can say, Yeah, you still you still miss your dad, but you can't be like, I can't sleep right now. I miss my dad so fucking much, you know? So I want to try to figure out how to bring this conversation there. in a, in a way, you know, as I'm saying, it doesn't make sense that we can't talk about it around a water cooler because everyone goes through it. And also it's like depression by itself is like one of the world's oldest known illnesses. Like I read this on the internet. So it's definitely true. (laughs) According to the internet, Look at Hippocrates discovered depression. And that guy, I think, was the first doctor. I don't know a lot. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the first doctor. (laughs) He discovered the cold and fucking depression. Okay? So we've known about this shit for a while. And uh, it's still taboo. So let's see if we can work on that. Um. In this podcast, what I'm going to be doing is bringing people on to talk with them about what their experiences are and to talk about it in the world's most normal way that we can think of talking about it. Just like two people have gone through something similar just talking about it. Sharing experiences, laughter, you know, probably some emotion. You can't really avoid that when talking about something difficult. But that's ultimately what I, what I want to do. And... I'm sure that we're going to let the format evolve and try to figure out what works best for this podcast. But in the beginning, the whole idea is to begin the story by just asking them, you know, where does, where does your experience with your inner, inner turmoil begin? <laughs> and we'll see where the conversation goes, you know, we'll just see where it goes. Um, look, I don't expect this to be easy and to be honest. I think there's a pretty good chance that we're not going to be able to fucking bring this conversation to the water cooler. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. This scary stuff, man, inner, inner turmoil and mental illness, you know? I think there's something really different about that experience in comparison to what it's like to have a busted knee that you have to figure out what to what to do something with. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, when you have a busted knee, no matter what you do, you're not really changing your identity. You know, you might have to get used to being a person who doesn't play soccer anymore. But at the same time, you put a new kneecap in there, and you're just you with a new kneecap. You're just you with, you know, maybe a slightly different schedule. Right? That's, that's kind of all that happens when you've got a problem with your knee. But when you have a problem with your brain, you enter... That situation, and you leave it a different person. And that's pretty scary. You know, the idea that our whole identity is locked up in something as completely and utterly fucking sophisticated as our brain, you know, it's a complete mind fuck to have to think about that. So I also understand why it's taboo. And I think I'm just going to have to be okay with the fact that it's probably going to stay that way. Um, and maybe at the same time, we'll be able to, through this podcast, figure out a way to, you know, bring together enough listeners that for some of us, it makes a difference. And we feel like there's a space where we can just openly talk about this stuff. So are there any rules for this? Like, what are the limits? How far do we want to go? You know, I think, um, obviously, when it comes to a busted knee, the story is, yeah, my knee used to work, now it doesn't. <laughs> so I got to get it fixed. That's the whole story. For, you know, inner turmoil, it's like, yeah, I used to think this and now that. You know, I used to um, have this pain and then it emerged in this way and now I got to deal with this. I used to be the kind of person that didn't do this and now I'm the kind of person who does this. So, you know, who am I now? Um and, uh, you know, these are the questions that we ultimately want to get to. Um, but I think we have to begin with just simply, all right, where does your story begin? Um, if there are going to be any rules, the first and probably only rule is that everyone has to set their own boundary. You know, these, per- these stories are really personal. and they, And the telling of them can have a pretty big both positive and negative impact. And Not just anyone who might take part in this um in this podcast, myself included, but also anyone who might be listening, so we want to be you know careful to keep private things private um, and to allow each person to set their own boundary along those lines. I know for me, you know I'm not going to talk about you know my kids in any way that know, gets in on their privacy. I'm not going to talk about my ex-wife or other ex-romantic relationships or other friends that might impinge on, you know, their own, um, I don't know, privacy or reputation. You know, I think that that would be not something that I want to do personally. But I do feel obligated to share some of my more challenging aspects of what it means to, and what it has meant for me to suffer and struggle from my own particular version of depression and anxiety. You know, where does that story come from? Where does it start? You know, how does it develop and how does it eventually explode into something quite serious and life threatening? And what are some of the more challenging aspects of having to deal with it? Not just going through therapy, but the more difficult aspects of it. You know, I think for me, I had mild depression for years. Years and years. Decades even. Absolutely mild depression and mild anxiety. And then when my dad died a little over five years ago, that's when everything absolutely just plummeted. So that was the catalyst for me. There were things that I was doing before that that were pretty typical of someone with depression that they might do, but then the things I started doing after that were quite frightening. I'll give you an example. Perhaps the most difficult time was when I was still in my marriage and therefore still with my kids all the time, not having any kind of custody situation like I have now, but with them every day of the week, I would find myself... At times, just unable to move, even at all. Um, I really couldn't think. I would do then what I even sometimes do now, something I call cocooning, where you sort of like wrap yourself up in a blanket, basically, and even around your head, wrap it up really tight, and then you just kind of flop down on the bed, and um, you sort of lay there for um a long time. You know, during my marriage doing that with the kids still there. Um, that was just an awful feeling because it's just like the whole world passes you by. You know, I think about that. Um, what was that Adam Sandler movie? Click? Not click. The one where he has a fucking remote control where he presses it and then it fast forwards. And it breaks, and he just fast-forwards through his whole life by mistake, basically, and it's like this horrific fucking thing where he missed everything. And then he, I guess, I think if I remember correctly, he rewinds it and uh, is able to go back and live it again. But still, still, he got it in the, the gag was that he got it in the Bed Bath Beyond, and it was in the Beyond section, which was actually a joke that belonged to that comedian who always wore the the, um, overalls. Jewish guy, but he like wore these overalls. Super tall guy. Actually, I actually fucking saw him in a diner once in Long Island and shook his hand and told him he was an awesome comedian. But I'm remem- not remembering his name right now. Um, he was like, yeah, I used to work in Bed Bath & Beyond. I worked in the Beyond section. <laughs> that was the joke. Anyway, so it's, it's, it's a great joke. <laughs> but they put that joke in a fucking movie. I don't even think that guy was in the movie. I hope he got paid for that joke. That's all I have to say. Um, but yeah, so it sort of felt like that, right? Where you're, you know you lie lying in bed and you got your blanket wrapped around you and you just can't, you know, fucking move. Now, when that happens, it only happens when I don't have the girls because being a single parent on your own, you know, it's like um in therapy, I learned this technique for what to do when I spiral and I'm going to tell you about that in one second. You should know what spiraling is for me at least. Um, but uh it um basically you know, I should fucking tell you what spiraling is. There's no way I can explain what, this, what the technique is if you don't know what spiraling is. So let me tell you that first. All right, so for me, what happens sometimes is I'll, uh, I'll kind of get stuck in this thought pattern where um, I'll have a, a certain anxious thought that'll then bounce to another anxious thought and that'll bounce to another one. And then it'll kind of go in a loop of maybe like five or six where I'll just go repeat from one to the next. And then those anxious thoughts will kind of turn into sort of emotions, if that makes sense. Um, so not like word word things anymore, but just a feeling, you know, sad, scared, terrified, scared, sad and back and around again. And then it all kind of collapses in on itself. Um, and it's a uh, it's pretty dramatic on the outside. It's even more dramatic on the inside when it happens. Um, you feel totally out of control and it's 100 uh, percent awful. Um, it's when you sort of can't stop crying. And I'll for me, like I'll sort of I'll say the word fuck over and over again quite a bit. Um, that's, that's often what it looks like for me. Um, and, uh, and first when I did that, you know, the first solution I had was to take a fork to my inner thigh, like to just, um, poke it in real tight, um, leave a mark, scratch it down my inner thigh. I didn't do it enough to draw blood, but I did it enough to recenter the brain. You know, it was like this fight or flight, the brain is going nuts and when you put that pain there in your inner thigh, at least for me, it just seemed like everything was like, "Whoa, okay. Um, all right. What was that?" <laughs> Like, we were busy freaking out here a minute, and you just did a thing. (laughs) And what the fuck are you doing, dude? (laughs) So that's how it kind of stopped it like that. Um, And I was like, hey, that works. (laughs) Well, I fucking told my therapist, and she was like, yeah, no, no, you can't do that. Did you draw blood? No, I didn't, I didn't draw blood. And that's the truth. I did leave a mark, a raised mark, but I didn't draw blood. And she's like, okay, well, fucking draw a bullet. I got to send you to the hospital, dude. Don't fucking do that. And I was like, well, what do I do? It really works. And she's like, here's what you do. So um, now what I do is I keep a bag of frozen peas in my refrigerator um, and some ice. Um, so as a couple of different options, whatever. And if I start to spiral, I can get something cold, like a bag of frozen peas or a bag of ice. and then. I just put it on my face, you know, something really cold. Just put it on my face. Probably the best way to do it, honestly, is to get a bowl of water and like ice water in a bowl and just to put your whole face in it. But that's, that's fucking terrifying. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think, first of all, first of all, it's a lot, it's a very really complicated setup. I don't think I can manage that. So that's my excuse for never trying it. But second of all, good fucking Lord. That sounds really cold. Um, but the ice, actually the bag bag of frozen peas with a bag of ice works for me. And what happens is it, it causes a um, it's the diver's reflex where your body just goes, holy shit, that is cold. And then your brain goes, okay, uh, time to pull blood into my inner organs. <laughs> time to uh, definitely stop thinking about what I'm thinking about right now. Uh, and it actually has the exact same effect as poking my inner thigh with a fork um so that's what i do now with that uh so yeah i think the two probably most challenging things that happen to me are a cocoon and what i'll do there is just sort of i guess forgive myself in that space and let me let me take that time um and the spiral which is fucking awful and that one i want to try to avoid at all costs um so those are kind of the two the two like big challenging manifestations of that, right? So like how do you fucking talk about that around a water cooler, dude? Good Lord. That is not the same thing as a broken knee. I'm sorry. Just sit there at the water cooler and be like, oh, dude. Yeah, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I uh, was trying to drive home and I just got stuck on this thought about, you know, Many years uh, I had been depressed and didn't think, you know, really wasn't able to really enjoy raising my daughters like I wanted to. Um, and uh, yeah, I just couldn't drive anymore, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I can you imagine about like, like, <laughs> the fucking guy at the water cooler is listening to that shit talking about like, uh, um, yeah, no, me too. That happened to me on Thursday. <laughs> oh man, It'd be fucking cool if it did though. Like if it did happen to him on Thursday, and then like you know, it's like oh yeah, and then uh, and then he just form a crew, he meets her at the water cooler and talks about like the last time your brain melted down. <laughs> oh goodness. You know what's good during a spiral and during a um during a cocooning especially especially the cocooning is a crazy ass dog that's what I got yeah a crazy ass dog she fucking uh um, first of all she's a survivor uh she um she actually uh is from this foundation this crazy foundation called the soy dog foundation um and what they do I don't know what it stands for but what they do is they go to uh places in asia where they fucking eat dogs <laughs> i don't i don't blame them you know they are really cute and delicious probably gamey if i was going to guess that they'd, they'd be that'd be a gamey meat dog but you know poor people they have to eat what's there right so i'm not i'm not mad at it um but uh still she got rescued from she was like in a cage she's got a like scar in her back leg her other hip had been broken at some point so it's kind of out of shape Um, But she's like this little badass Um, who's half a black lab, half Korean Jindo. And don't blame yourself if you'd ever heard of a Korean Jindo because I never heard of that either until I met this dog. Uh, But they're they're a really cool dog that uh, is like super popular in Korea, I guess. Specifically this place called the Jindo province, which is where the name comes from. But um, anyway, she's really protective and she's energetic and she checks on me when I'm uh, cocooning. And and then after a while, she'll let me go for like three to five hours. Then she comes and starts tugging on my hand. It's like, I got to pee, dude. (laughs) Last time you walked me was last night. It's fucking noon. All right. I got to go. I know I got a golden bladder. I can hold it for a long time. but I'm about to urinate on the carpet right in front of the bathroom and nobody wants that. I'm not proud of it when it happens. (laughs) So we got to go. Come on. If she gets me up, I'm going to have to take her out. And then sometimes I haven't cocooned enough. And so I got to get back in, in which case she'll let me go another three to five hours and then come check on me again. Cause it's time for her to eat. Um, or she just wants to check on me or whatever. But uh, um, that's kind of, that's kind of how that goes anyway. But uh, you know, I think it's the physicality of it that's most confusing. Um, Just how physical it is. You know, these things aren't in in our heads. I mean, it is. But it's not in our heads in a way of like, you know, um, you're making it up. Or it's just your imagination. The brain is like a really fucking complicated thing. You know, if I was a brain surgeon or like a neurologist and a neuroscientist then yeah i'd be sitting here telling you like why all this shit happens the frontal lobe and the all the different parts and the different chemicals that go up in there and all that stuff but i don't know shit about that um but what i do know about is you know what my experience was um and just how physical it was everything just kind of feels slower and your ability to kind of process things is slower your reaction time is slower your ability to focus is Way more off, you know, sleep patterns go off. has in a sleep pattern where I would, uh, this is for years, by the way, um, stay up until 2 33 in the morning, uh, playing GTA 5, uh, getting pretty high and uh, just trying to numb everything. And um, you know, I'm sitting there holding the controller, falling asleep so then I'd finally go lay down and go to sleep and then I'd wake up again at 4 30 and move to a different location and keep sleeping um and uh then wake up at like 8 and try to function for the day and then um rinse and repeat the next day sometimes wake up earlier depending you know when my girls got older and I had to get them up and ready for school Sometimes you'd wake up at 6 30 or 7. So you're working on three and a half, four hours sleep pretty much every day. Um, It's just like what you can muster. The last thing I wanted to do was lay in bed and not be able to fall asleep. So I had this driving urge to stay up so late that I I could guarantee that I'd put my head down on the pillow and just be right asleep. That was kind of like how I managed the strength to do that. Um... So yeah, what do I want people to talk about on this? I don't know. You know, it really needs to be open. And I don't really want to limit it to people who've had diagnosed fucking mental illnesses. I mean, if I'm working on the premise here that everyone goes through it, then I think the idea here is taking the conversation about inner struggle to the water cooler. Um. You know, what if we all what if we all come back from self isolation from the coronavirus and suddenly all the check-ins that we have been doing all this time of reaching out and saying to folks, Hey, how you doing? And having the bravery to be like, you know, I'm not doing so good today, I'm feeling kinda of lonely. I could use some help. You know, what if that like kept up when we went back to work with you know, in the physical locations started like leaving our homes again or whatever, you know, what if that like, what if that kept up, you know? And then that moment at the water cooler where you're like, Hey, how you doing? It's like, gosh, you know, you know I had a little bit of a breakdown yesterday. Oh fuck. What happened? You know, I was driving. I just couldn't think anymore. Why? Uh, I don't know. we <laughs> were doing therapy at the water cooler. Timing I realized I hadn't developed that character far enough. I didn't even give him a name, location, you know, what the source of his pain was. (laughs) It wasn't me, though, as I was doing it. Oh, goodness gracious. Anyway. All right. So here's the thing. I got five years of therapy under my belt. I'm not a fucking pro. I know I got a long way to go. I don't have any sense of uh, self-confidence that I know I'm going to make the right choices. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to fuck up. Um, I don't really know where these conversations on this podcast could go. Maybe it's the kind of thing where it's just going to depend from person to person. Maybe, you know, we find one person that can only handle a conversation like this for... 30 minutes. Maybe we find someone who can keep talking for six hours and we turn it into a three part special. <laughs> I want it to be funny. Uh, that's important to me. Um, I don't want it to be just fucking somber all the time, but I want to leave room for that too. You know, um, that's important to me too. Um, I want to have people who you've heard of on here. Um, ultimately, ultimately I think that's going to be what gets you here. Um, but at the same time I also want to have people here who you haven't heard of. Um, you know, this isn't like fucking, you know, famous people go shopping too stuff. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. Famous people <coughs> also see therapists. Famous people also still choose not to see therapists when maybe they should. Motherfucker. Anyway. So um so yeah, I want people that you've heard of, people you haven't heard of. Um, I want interesting people, boring people. <laughs> uh i think it'd be great to to have uh, we have to have people of all genders for sure all types of different backgrounds and experiences and also uh folks from different cultural backgrounds um i think that's really important certain different religious backgrounds um i think that's really important you know there's something really specific and singular about um you know the jewish experience as opposed to um, perhaps other religions or cultures, you know, and so I think it's good to be able to explore that stuff too, if it's relevant. Um, and, uh, you know what I think, um, if you're listening to this and you feel like this is something you'd like to do, you know, I think like to have you too. Um, I don't really know that many people to be honest and I could probably dig into my past and find some folks, but this is a vulnerable thing. So how many people would be willing to, willing to actually, you know, put their voice on, on a, on a stream and, you know, share something vulnerable to everyone just for the single purpose of trying to do your part to make it a little bit easier to talk about this. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a lot, maybe a little. I don't know. So maybe I'll record a bunch of, a bunch of these by myself. <laughs> I don't know if I can see how that shit goes. Um, or maybe not, you know, we'll see, but I already got, uh, who I want to be for my next guest. And, uh, so hopefully she'll actually do it. So I'm a, I'm a little hesitant to even say who it is actually. Ah, we'll leave it. We'll leave it. Gonna leave it, you know, cause you just never know. You just never know. You gotta leave it. So we'll talk about that next time. But anyway, uh, um, look th- you know, If you're listening to this, um, it's kind of strange to think about because we just recorded our very first episode earlier today. And I don't even, you know, I think it's going to be a few days till it's up. And, you know, I I doubt this will be a kind of place where a lot of people will go and listen to it until we, you know, until and unless we manage to figure out how to attract you. So it might be I'm just talking to myself. But if you are listening to this, you know, obviously, um, thank you for getting through 30 plus minutes of me just rambling um i hope that uh um that some of the things that we talk about resonates with you um i hope that you've suffered i hope that you've uh had loss and pain i hope that i hope that you are a motherfucker <laughs> you fucking deserve it and uh <laughs> no i no i hope uh um I hope that uh you can find a way to connect to what we're trying to do here. And I hope it doesn't offend you. Um I hope uh I hope that you're safe obviously. Um and I hope you know that I'm not here to um talk to anybody about anything in a way from a from a place of "a hey, this is what you're meant to do" cuz like I don't fucking know. Um I don't really know at all. I know it's working for me right now, though. You know, I know it's working for me right now. You know, just trying to like, kind of reach out to people, recording this podcast. Um, you know, I don't know. Finding shit to do. Anyway, I hope you're good. And I uh, hope you listen to the next one. I hope you keep listening. hope you tell your friends. <laughs> Hope he gets sponsorship. He <laughs> can make some buck, and I hope uh, I hope uh, Eric fucking grows this shit to be enormous, and then sells it to uh, some uh, Chinese company that gives us a gazillion dollars, and then uh, we can we can retire to the Galapagos and uh, and then just be miserable, <laughs> just be miserable there. <laughs> oh goodness. See you next time.